Hello and welcome to the Interior Design Business, a monthly podcast produced by the Interior Design Community for the Interior Design Community. My name is Jeff Hayward and I'm joined today by my co-presenter Susie Rumbold, Creative Director of Tasuta Interiors. We're here in the wonderful showroom of ARPA on the Clerkenwell Road in Farringdon and today we're going to look at the challenges and the benefits of winning a design award. Interior designers are always looking for ways to showcase their work and gain recognition from a wider audience, but this is not always easy to achieve. Getting editorial coverage in a glossy magazine can be tricky and Instagram has become a seriously crowded place. But what about winning interior design awards? Will winning a recognised design award bring about the desired rise in profile? Or does the cost and effort of entering outweigh the benefits? And in a space crowded with design awards, how can you tell which ones are the real deal? Welcome to the interior design business. We are lucky enough to be joined by two multi-award winning designers. May Forzi, Creative Director of Specialist Workplace Design Practice, MF Design Studio, and Matt Freeman, Senior Designer at Goddard Little Fair and President-Elect of the British Institute of Interior Design. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Matt, would you briefly introduce yourself and the company you work for? Yeah, so my name is Matthew Freeman. I am at Goddard Little Fair. I'm also President-Elect of the British Institute of Interior Design. Um, Goddard Little Fair are celebrating their 10th anniversary in October this year. We specialise in a mixture of hospitality and high-end residential. Hi, um, I'm May Fawzi. I'm the founder and director of MF Design Studio. We are a boutique interior architecture practice. We specialise in workplace uh, design. Amongst workplace design, we do work on uh, various other projects as well, but predominantly with a focus on workplace design. And May, what do you hope to achieve when you're entering an award? For me, it's the recognition. Um, it's that, that sense of um, uh, achievement and reward when you feel that you have been recognised by um, others that you are doing great work. So that is a really great goal to work towards. Matthew? Yeah, I think something similar, but also it's good for the team as well, and it's good for morale, and it's good for the business, for everyone involved, to have their work sort of appreciated and um, by their peers. And it's a really positive, uh, positive thing for the company. And does your, does your company, when you do win an award, do do the, do the team celebrate? Do you, go out to the, you know, do you go out and have a big party or what happens? It depends on the award. We've, we tend to go to the awards if we're nominated and then the people that go to the awards do the celebrating for everybody. And then we have a, an office chat and then we usually get some pictures on there pre-event and post-event. And then we have a team meeting every couple of weeks so then we get told uh, sort of what new projects have arrived and what awards we might have won. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What sort of awards have you won? Well, we are nearly seven. We're turning seven in May and we have won five awards, which I'm very proud about. Uh, British Council for Officers Award was our very first. We won it back in 2016, so the second year of being um, uh, launched basically as a business. And um, in our world, it's the Oscars of the workplace design. So that was one, one of our first, but also one um, I'm personally very proud about. Um, and then moving after that, we, we were nominated on quite a few FX awards, Mixology, and then we won, uh, we won uh, a few with the Build Magazine Award. We won recently, the latest one was uh, L Lux Life, um, 
award, um, global excellence uh, for being the most innovative um, interior architecture studio in southeast of England. Wow, wow, amazing. So uh, Restaurant and Bar Design Awards, so we've won that for a project in Manchester. Um, the Lowry, which is an amazing project. Uh, we've won the British Home Awards 2020 for a project at Canaletto, which was a show apartment for one of our developer clients. We have won Hotel Design Award. Uh, Joe Littlefair won the Britlist in 2019 uh, for Interior Designer of the Year. We've got, we won Mixology Awards in 2019 for our project in Dubrovnik with the Hilton. Um, Lux Magazine, uh, International Property Awards, so there's quite a few that we've uh, managed to win. Safe to say that we are in celebrated company. Absolutely, it's a very yeah. impressive spread. So not all award schemes are created equal. I mean, I did about five minutes of casual browsing on the internet um, before we started when I was you know, doing the research for this and, and came up without any effort with upwards of 20 UK interior design award schemes. How on earth do you go about deciding which ones to enter? You have to be very selective. There are so many schemes out there and I think each and every industry has got a few to select from. Um, it depends which sector you're in. So I first. even found one that was the Brick Awards for <laughs> buildings made of bricks. I've oh, got a client crazy. entering that. Oh, have you? Amazing. <laughs> there we go. Do you know what? I was speaking with a brick supplier and he told us they were very proud. So obviously in every sector there are awards that you can enter and you have to be selective and you have to think about what it means to you before you, you decide to enter that award. And I suppose who you're trying to attract too. If, you, if, you, if the ultimate goal is to attract more clients in your market sector, then that's something, you know, you're not going to enter something that's not relevant to what you do, I assume. Yeah, but I think the whole brick on the brick issue, I think it's each, each sort of industry has its own awards and its own recognition. And it's really nice that those things exist. In terms of design award schemes, what, what's the landscape like for interior designers? There's an awful lot of awards for interior design. So I think what we started doing was making a list of all the possible awards, all of the ones that we actually have a potential to win. And then also cross-referencing ones that have gravitas as well. We, don't, we want to make sure that we're putting our efforts and energy into an award that will be worth having and that will add to the sort of collection of awards that we have. And it's also down to the projects that we want to promote. So if we're, if we're doing a Four Seasons, we really want to push that because it's an amazing project that we've done. So we want to find an award where we can put that, where we know we can conf be confident of at least being shortlisted, if not, if not winning. I was just going to say, because I mean, some of, the, some of the award schemes, as far as I'm aware, are, are sort of out and out money-making schemes. Yeah. Some yeah. of them are. You know, they're not, they're yeah. not actually design awards in the sense that any of us sitting around this table would recognise as a, as a peer industry recognition qualitative measure of what you've, of your work. You know, you, there are some awards I've heard about that um, where literally that you get an email from them saying, you know, you've, congratulations, you've won an award, would you like to pay £2,000 for your trophy? Yeah, but again, this is down to awards which have gravitas. So if, if, if they're not on your radar and they're not on your client's radar or your peers' radar as being something worthy of the time and effort to win, and if you can get an award for opening an envelope or something, then it's not really, are they worth having? So yeah. I suppose that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I would assume, May, that you look at the quality of past entries as well into a scheme that you may not be familiar with. Completely. And we always check the winners from the previous year to see whether we recognise the names. And in most cases we, we do, with the ones we target at least, we, in most cases we do. Um, so you have, yeah, you have to check.
you have to check who has entered and whose potential peers who will be looking at this and thinking, oh, they want it, so they must be great at what they do. Yeah, and I suppose that's you're, you're benchmarking yourself against the competition at that point too, aren't you? That's correct, yes. Yeah, and then if you have a Google of the award and their name, you can see what recognition they got from it. And if it's mentioned in lots of posts, then it's obviously a positive award to go for. Oh, that's if really you don't interesting. Appear, if it doesn't appear anywhere. Then who cares? Because that's the thing, there's so many awards that you might be number one, or you might have won this award this month, but next month there'll be a whole wave of Slew new people of new that have ones. won awards. So that would be the advice, make the most of it when you've won the award and really push it as much as possible because next month the newer, shinier award will arrive and you've got to make sure you pick the one that has longevity and um, yeah, gravitas. Yeah, so not even famous for 15 minutes. <laughs> Um, preparing award entries, I know, can be incredibly time-consuming. Typically, what, what sort of information do you find you need to submit with your entry? Finished photographs, probably a big, a big request. Um, a description of the project. Um, I think we'd like to try and make sure that we describe the project in lots of detail and the intricacies and any particular points where we've paid a lot of attention to concept and uh, attention to detail and things like that. So when the judges are looking at the photographs, your initial look, they see X, Y, Z, but when they read the description and look at it again, they see it anew and they really understand the design direction and why you've made those decisions. And it just makes it look really rich and interesting. And that's what you want to get across, that you've made these decisions based on reasoning. It's not just trends or... Uh, a passing thought or feeling, it's an actual grounded reason. I completely agree with Matt and I think the other thing is we all know as interior designers that every project has a challenge that doesn't come across in the pictures you submit. Pictures are so important because we are in a visual industry so it's very important that you have the right pictures uh, to submit onto your entry but the challenge, what? why did we reach this uh, design solution in particular? Why does the project um, look the way it does. Um, it's because of a particular challenge that you might have come across unresolved, and we always do in every project we work on. So highlighting that in the entry, I think, is really key. And the second thing is sustainability as well, because everybody is looking at that now. It's, it is very important and crucial to what we do. So maybe mentioning what you've done to make sure you're having a positive impact on the environment by creating that project is something else we always highlight on in our entries. And I guess if if the photographs are your main vehicle for conveying the quality of the entry, do you actually approach the photographer with that in mind? Do you actually sort of say to the photographer, you know, we or do you always do you always work on the assumption that you may enter that project in an award, therefore you want to get certain things across? When you, we, is there forethought in that? Because I know when I'm judging awards, quite often you get styling shots, you get the end of a fireplace with a little vase of flowers on the end of it. It's very pretty, but it isn't telling me very much. No, I, we, at the end of each project, we sit down and we sort of talk through the project. What were the best things? What things didn't particularly work well? What can we apply to the next project to be more efficient? But it's also how you tell the story of that to the next client and what was important to that client and how you tell that story and how you, how you present how thoughtful you were, you were um, and what steps you put in place to make sure these things happened. And we did a lot of sampling, so I made sure we took photographs of nearly every detail that we had in a detailed drawing, so we could sit down with the client and sort of compare them. But it's sort of the story of, I don't know where you've got the stone from, how you've managed to do that stone detail 
in the project we had curved stone skirtings. They're expensive, but they looked absolutely amazing when they're in. So it's saying to the client, this is what's going to look beautiful. But it's also telling the story to the awards committee that this picture shows this and this is why it's particularly amazing and these things all line up and we spent lots of time doing it. So you approach your photography for your clients in the same, so you don't have to give special instructions? But no, no, I, I go with them. So we'll, we'll go on site for a couple of days. We mark up some plans. So these are the key shots for the overall. And then these are the detail shots that explain the journey so that our next, we can tell that story to our next client. But and also it's for or to, awards. Or to and, a judge, yeah. to the client or the judge. So yeah. you, it's, it's the same. You're not taking photographs specifically for awards. It's just the way no. you as a practice No, it's just the way that we, we do that. And yeah. is that the same for you? Absolutely the same. So um, to us, it's a documentation of the journey. And we try and create that journey through photography, very similar to Matt. I do the same. I go on site or one of the designers I work with, we go on site. We tell the photographer which shots and how to circulate around the space. And then we go into from a holistic approach of big photos of big, big pictures and big images of the project into actually the details. So we take very detailed little uh, photos that we would appreciate and I think this, um, our clients as well later on when you are when you are showing them your previous work so um, a very similar approach but not necessarily just for uh, the awards it's for us to keep track record and also for the website yeah and th things like uh, time of day so if you've got f photographs from the morning where the sun is rising the sun setting on a couple of projects where the light comes in and bounces of certain things off the chandeliers and you get really nice shadows. If you can include that photograph, then you can explain an awful lot about why you put that photograph in. It's the time of day, it's the materials you've used. You've used crystal instead of uh, acrylic. You know, there's this process behind it, which is, that's the thing that you're selling. It sounds like a really holistic approach, actually. Mm. You know, you're considering time and the sort of, yeah. Yes, amazing. lots of aspects that go into decision-making. And then, I know some of these entries can be really expensive too. How, how do you assess whether it's actually worth the effort and the cost? There's so much in you, you have to consider. You have to consider the entry cost. You have, if you want to go to the dinner, sometimes that could be four and a half, five thousand pounds. You've got to consider the photography to make sure you've got the content to be able to do the award in the first place. Depending where the awards are, you might have to travel down from wherever you are down to London, you've got the train Studio costs, time, of course. hotel costs, you've and got your admin costs for doing that. Yep. So there's an awful lot. So it's sort of beginning of the year, looking at your budget, working out how many awards or how much money you can put towards winning an award. So um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting, I hadn't even thought about that. Do you both set a, an awards budget? We do. At the beginning of the year, we decide, well, for us, it's more marketing because we don't do a huge amount of marketing, but we kind of use the awards as our marketing tool. We do spend um, a certain amount every year. So we sit down and decide, right, which awards are we going to be attending and uh, which awards do we apply for? And for us, there are some obvious ones that we always go with and we know that we will go with that because you also meet industry, part, um, industry friends and you meet um, other designers, you meet p potential clients. So it's, it's a good networking event as well as um, an award ceremony. And if we get shortlisted, even better, great publicity for us. Oh, so you'll actually book to go onto things even if you're not shortlisted? You'll, you'll book to attend dinners and events? That is correct. Just because you're, you're, you're being seen as part of your industry then? Correct. And it's, it's, it, there are certain awards in our industry, in the workplace in specific, that everybody would be attending. So it's great to take part of that and be there and just meet others as well. Yeah. Do, you, do you also go to ones that... Well, we know that we will be invited to certain awards as guests from suppliers. So we know members within the team. 
So we do have our PR team and we'll make sure we feed back to them that people have attended this event and this is who was there and maybe a photograph or two just to accompany it for the sort of news. But it helps to show that your staff know people and they're respecting the industry, they turn up to these events and they've been invited. So it sort of, again, gives gravitas to your, so just your re business. reinforcing everything that yeah. you're doing. Is it fairly early in the process when you're working on a project that you're thinking, this is going to be a winner? Yeah, yeah, I think you kind of know. And then once you're doing the elevations and you're looking at the materials and looking at artwork positions, and then again, you're thinking about the light, how it might work, what are the evening shots, how the client's going to use it. So it's all these things. But again, that's all, it, that's all for us to know. And the judges don't know any of that until you tell it to them. So you've got to tell it <laughs> within 200 words or 500 words. So you've got to be very succinct yes, in very how, succinct. You, how you tell the judges that this is what you're looking for. But yeah, you can, you can tell what it's going to be worthy of this. So Do you commission professional award writers? Um, we have a PR team. So they do it on a regular basis and pictures and things like that. So that team pulls together all of the So proposals. I'm guessing that most of our um, listeners may not have their own in-house PR I was going to say, yeah. So, <laughs> so just to explain, we got our little fair. We have uh, 50 staff in the UK and we have an office in Porto as well, which is a growing office. So we're coming up to 10 years. So we've quite established a very busy office, lots of international work. So there's a lot of projects to be promoting and doing the press for and PR. So yeah, we've also got a brand called Epicurean, which is a food and beverage uh, brand, a sort of subsidiary brand. So there's a lot going on okay. for them. For that, that's why it justifies that person. Yeah. So what about you, May? Do you no, do that in-house? We're, we're, we're very small. There's seven of us. So we actually do that in-house. We don't have a PR team as such. And what we tend to do is with every project we have at concept stage, we create quite a bit of blurb on the project for our client to explain why the concept and how it evolved. And we take that blurb, try to minimize it into 500 words, which is always very tricky. And you always think, I need just 10 more words <laughs> to make this work. And you start kind of shrinking it down. It's, it, it all comes from our conceptual stage that we do. So in a way, it, I know it can be time consuming, but in a way you would have done the work so you know exactly what it is. And when you look through your notes and you look through what you've been doing, the, the whole process and how, how you've been uh, creating that concept, I think that will inform quite a bit of your award entry and that's what we tend to do. And we've talked a lot about Gravitas and Susie, I know you've judged on a number of award schemes. so. Talk to me about the gravitas that the judging process adds to a particular scheme. I think this is where the, Matt, you mentioned the fact that, that you know, not all design schemes are created equal and you're looking for the ones that, that have that gravitas. So the, the award schemes that have the gravitas will also have the good judging panels mm. as a general rule. Because again, from my perspective, I don't want to be judging something that I don't think has the gravitas, gravitas and the quality. So I think the, the good design award schemes will have good panels of judges who take their role really seriously and it's a massively time-consuming thing to do. I mean, if you're, if you're awarded, if, sorry, if you're asked to judge maybe 10, 12 categories, and it could be anything from sort of, you know, most sustainable design to a huge block of flats to a single standalone house to a hospitality uh, award, um, or even an office award, you'll be devoting probably 20, 25 minutes to every single entry that's submitted. So it can take you days. I mean, I, I tend to work through it on Sundays, and you know, I can spend several Sundays doing a, an awards judging process. So it's a big, time commitment to take it seriously. So I think you need to make sure if, uh, if you are entering awards that, that 
the judging panel is good and that they are taking it seriously so that your work has been correctly assessed. Yeah, because it's a big input from you as Huge. well, so you need to make sure Huge. you're doing yeah. it for a, wor a worthy award. It, yes, yeah. and, and also with the in the spirit in which it's intended. You know, mm. that we take the we as the judges take it as seriously as the people who have entered. As a company that enters award schemes, you're obviously, you are looking at the judges and the process and how the shortlisting happens and everything to do with that, aren't you, May? Correct. So um, you look at how, how that works. And I think our very first entry, I had no idea. I had no idea what to look for. And uh, it was the most daunting uh, one. And I, and, I, and I got a colleague to actually help me because he's done that before. And he was like, oh, I'm not too sure. We haven't got enough time. OK, we'll submit it as is. And we were shortlisted. I was delighted. Um, so um, yeah, it, it, you have to look at the criteria. Um, that is one thing you consider. And you think of judges as well, what would they be interested in, uh, dependent on their profile? Some, some of the awards we've entered in the past and won, you find a different range of designers, but also developers and also um, estate agents. So you have to consider each one of them, what's their angle and perspective when they are judging and try to maybe uh, tackle that in your entry to make sure that you are addressing absolutely everyone. We can be very design focused in the way we present how, how the project came about, but sometimes you just have to think of the bigger picture. There are other people involved with different interests so that's one thing to bear in mind. I mean, one of the issues that judges have is trying to find a level playing field when they're assessing very 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 different entries you know entries can be bigger budgets smaller budgets I know some some awards ceremonies or some awards schemes will ban things under quarter of a million pounds quarter of a million to three quarters of a million over a million whatever it happens to be but even within that you are judging very very different entries and quarter of a million pounds on furniture is entirely different to quarter of a million pounds on architecture. You know, mm. it's, it's and so when you're looking for that level playing field, what we as judges are looking for is our entries that explain, are A, honest about what the designer's contribution has been, because it's nothing worse than looking at a bunch of photographs and the designer says, I did this. And you're looking at it and going, exactly what was it that you did? So you need to actually say what the brief was, what you did, and, and how you addressed any challenges and tell the story. What was difficult? What makes this award worthy? You know, what was the, what was the key piece in this that sets it above and beyond the competition? Yeah, I think that's the thing, what makes it award worthy. Do you participate in award schemes where you're interviewed by the judging panel? I believe they've had visits from judges. I, we had a project on Fetter Lane and the, it was an RIBA project and I showed I think there was nine people around the development. Um, didn't say very much, they asked me a few questions and sort of muttered between each other. Um, and that was it, and then they left. So it wasn't really an interview, but it was showing them around and I just talked at them and explained all the nuances of the detailing and all the thoughts that had gone into things. I had to go before a board and present, as well as, as, well as being shortlisted based on the information, I then had to go and, and actually tell the story in person and that was actually hosted at, at the RIBA headquarters. But I think those are the things that set the awards apart and Absolutely. it shows good oh, yeah. intention and it shows yeah. they're thorough and it also, it's a, again, it's a good thing for the designer to go and do. It's almost like a job interview, isn't it? Absolutely. Plus you don't know who you're presenting to. The judges, they all probably employ or work on projects, so yep. it could yeah. be another way of And it can be quite job. easy to say that, well, that award won because of the best photography rather than... <laughs> the entry yeah. that was submitted. Well, this is the thing. If it's just the photographs, you know, the designer is therefore selecting the images that they're putting in and you're not getting the piece about the light moving through the space mm. or the way something reflects or the way the space feels when you move through it. It's a very two-dimensional way Correct. of judging what is 
a three-dimensional thing. We had that with um, the project we submitted um, uh, and we won in for the British Council for Officers in 2016 and we had about nine, ten judges come round the building and the way that the, the space planning worked was quite quite different and um, the space opened up we introduced some angles into the space into what was a very rectangular sort of building and um, they felt that flow as they walked around the space this is something you cannot really no, demonstrate and that would mm. never have come across just in the photos absolutely and afterwards um, so we did a presentation it wasn't really quite an interview it was more of a presentation how we reached what we reached and that was after the shortlist so you actually had to go through the 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 award submission first and then we were shortlisted and that's when they started uh, coming around the project to have a look and one of the things at the at the end when we won they have to write a tiny bit of a blurb about the project and it was the flow it was those angles that we created within the space that made it so different and created a very different um, experience if you like if people as people enter that's something you cannot really capture just on photos so the new kid on the block is the BIID interior design awards what can you tell us about that scheme Matt the BIID was founded in 1965, so for over 50 years, and we were granted institute status in 2009. And personally, I've been involved since about 2015, and the awards have been talked about regularly since I joined, and it's something that we've discussed as a, as a board of directors, and we finally decided that now is the time to do the awards. So the first awards are, are, are due to have their award ceremony in October this year and we sort of stand for advancing professionalism, integrity in design and excellence in interior design. Um, this is for our members and the wider interior design community. So the awards are there to celebrate the success of both members and uh, the interior design industry. But in a really crowded space as we've been discussing, what makes these awards different? Why would I enter this one rather than... So this is something that we've sort of pondered over and what we've, what the process we're going through is the submissions will be made by the 4th of April. From there the shortlist will be agreed and that shortlist is being overseen by the past presidents of the BIID. So what we wanted to do was make sure that the awards have gravitas. So, so the judging panel are of, they're really senior industry figures. Yes. So that's what, yeah. So we're trying to make sure that the the process is overseen by the past presidents. They do the shortlisting, and then we have the final selection, which is done by industry peers. So we're hoping that that process shows that we are prestigious, and then during the the process for selection we will do uh, site visits to all of the final shortlisted projects and we've got eight regional awards one overall interior design award and then we have a sustainability award as well so 10 in total so it's not done it's not split by kind of industry sector then it's not like commercial versus office versus versus hospitality versus resi you've actually done it by region that is correct yes it's it's all done by region so we have identified eight different regions perfect the idea is to have um, various different entries from various different sectors within the interior design and then the judges would uh, go through all of those entries and select the shortlist. And, it, and it's a really nice way to celebrate various designs, not just London-centric, but also across the whole of the UK. And, that, and I think that was the whole point, British design celebration. Wow, okay. Um, so who is eligible to enter? Is it just BIID members? 
It's open for all designers, whether they are BIID members or not. Everybody's welcome to join. Is there an entry fee? There is an entry fee, um, and the fee is discounted for BIID members. When is the closing date? 4th of April. So not long to get your submissions in. If any validators are interested in entering, where would they go for more information? Um, the website address is biid.org.uk and the entry details are on there with the entry fees. Can you tell us about some of the final judges that you've got for the scheme? Because you've got some quite prestigious people. The final judging panel is coming together. Uh, so far we have agreed judges uh, Michelle Gunderhan, former editor of Elle Decoration. She's also a judge on the Interior Design Master Show on TV. Katrina Burrows, who is a Sunday Times Interiors editor, and Soho House designer Linda Baronke, with more prominent names to follow. Why should people enter the BIID Awards? Very much like your podcast, uh, the BIID Awards are by interior designers for interior designers. Um, we also look at professionalism and creativity as part of the judging process, which we think in the crowded marketplace will make us stand out uh, and give real value to our awards. On the projects themselves or the submissions for the awards, we're looking to know more about the design process and that starts from the brief. So you write a tiny bit about the brief and what, what, what was the goal and um, what was the aspiration. Um, and then you go through your design development, how you reach that sol solution. The challenge is quite important. Um, as I said at the beginning, it's very important to highlight what challenges you came across because as designers, we are problem solvers. So that's very important. And it also shows what, you know, why does the project end up looking the way it looks? Usually the challenge um, shapes your design. Um, and then success criteria. And I find this a very, very exciting part of submitting any award. Um, how do you judge your success? Why is it different? And uh, try and be very creative with that because that really shows and highlights your skills and why you, you differ from all the rest. But also how it succeeded, how it met the brief. Absolutely, and it, success is always measured uh, by many things, one of which is actually meeting the initial brief, client satisfaction, but also you as a designer, you also, everyone has their own success criteria. So I think addressing all of that in one, try to get them down to 200 words is great. And we're not just looking for finished photographs, we're actually looking at before photos, um, which are very important to document what the space looked like. Visuals as well, if you've created any CGI's or SketchUp's or even hand sketches, we love um, to see how the concept developed. Floor plan, because it's very important. Uh, spatial awareness is huge in interior design, so you can submit your floor plan and also the final finished photographs, uh, which will showcase the project. What is your top tip for any ambitious designers thinking of throwing their hat into the ring to win a BIID award or any award? Think about the points of strength of the project you're putting forward and really try to highlight those in your entry, um, making sure that the judges are capturing that because that's the most important thing. Designers should be aware that the judges are often under a lot of stress and time pressure and they should make sure that the entry is succinct and understandable. Some of the awards I judge people will upload individual photographs just as an example. So you'll click and, they, and the photographs aren't labelled, they just might say JPEG 1827, JPEG 1828 and if you're having to click and open all those things individually and then if you want to go back and check a detail it takes you 10 minutes to find the photograph that you then can't find because there's nothing to indicate. It drives everyone crazy and you just haven't got the time to do it and you will end up not judging that entry fairly simply because you couldn't access the information you needed to make the judgement. That would be my top tip. Good.
part of the show that we really like. Um, this is where we ask our special guests what is the funniest or most outrageous thing that has ever happened to them relating to the topic in hand. And of course this month it's going to be what is the funniest, most outrageous thing that you have ever witnessed or done at an award ceremony? Matthew. The funniest thing I saw at an award show was, I think it was a Groves and House on Park Lane. Obviously there's lots of wine involved at these events and um, the table next to me, everyone got up to dance and there was still a girl sat and she was kind of, she looked asleep and she was facing the dance floor and I kind of looked and I was wondering what on earth is going on with her and she was somehow sat without a chair but she looked like she was sat leaning against the back of the table and then she woke up and then fell on the floor and was very surprised to find herself in a ballroom. Um, so yes, that's my <laughs> funny story. A rude awakening. Yes. <laughs> so I attended an, um, an award ceremony right after lockdown and we had two years of absolutely no events at all. Everybody was really looking forward to it. It was a massive event. And two guests, I'm not sure, they probably were designers, decided to go in their pyjamas, a kind of a documentation <laughs> of the work from home period we've been all going through. Funny. Susie? So this was, this was actually not so much of a funny story, it's just a horrific story where I'd been to an awards ceremony at Grosvenor House and uh, the judging had been, or the awards had all been given out by, by a lord, a realm, a peer of the realm, and his, and his lady wife had been looking very glamorous in the front, at the front table. And as I emerged from Grosvenor House at one o'clock in the morning, I decided I was going to get the night bus home and lo and behold, there is the lord and his good lady wife standing on the bus stop. So I got chatting to him and I said to him, that's extraordinary that you've got such a, you know, what's your background in architecture and design? How did you come to be doing this? He said, oh, I haven't got the foggiest interest in architecture or design, but they, they pay me and it's always a very nice <laughs> Thank you Matt and May for joining us today. That's just been such a wonderful insight into, into all things Interior Design Awards. Yes, some valuable advice there for any designers looking to elevate their presence, achieve recognition and win an award. Thank you both. Do let us know what you think by messaging us or commenting on our Instagram page at Interior Design Business Pod. This episode of the Interior Design Business is a Wildwood production.